Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tyler Crawley, and we are going to jump right into it. One of my favorite reports for the month, and that is the rate lock data that we get from Black Knight, always around the 13th of the month. And it was. It was Monday the 13th, which I've always thought we actually should make the bad luck day because I don't know why we make Friday the 13th. I mean, I, I understand the historical context, but Mondays suck. So why not make like Monday the bad luck day? And it, it was a bad day <laughs> if you're looking at mortgage rates and bonds and the stock market and pretty much anything crypto, anything to do with finance. It was not a good luck day for you. I w- we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, let's talk about rate locks. So this data comes out every month and this is a little bit of a lag. So we are talking about the month of May And not surprisingly, rising rates, rising home prices continue to put downward pressure on rate locks. And one of the reasons I like this report, and I know I mention it every time, and I will always mention it, and that is, uh, you know, mortgage demand is a great metric. We get that every week from the Mortgage Bankers Association. But rate locks really gives you, I think, a better idea because it's much further along in the process. You know, just, just moving forward with an application for a mortgage is one thing, but getting to the point where you're locking in rates, that's different. And so I think rate locks are a much better indicator of what is happening overall with the market. And like I said, not surprisingly, another month and we saw rate locks fall. And this was the third out of the last four months. I think it was, I think it was March where we saw a increase. Uh, kind of surprisingly, everyone was sort of surprised by that. And then, of course, in April, we saw a huge, I think it was like a 20% drop. This month, nothing that dramatic, but still down. Overall rate lock volume was down 5.8% compared to April. And rate lock volume overall is now down 31.3% when you compare May 2022 to May 2021. So who is leading the decline in rate locks? You're going to be shocked by this. Just utterly shocked. Rate term refis. <laughs> so people who are just straight up refining. Uh, big decline, a 23.6% month over month decline. So, uh, I mean, just a huge drop. And rate term refis are now down 90% year over year. So not a lot of refis are happening right now. Uh, Cash outs were also down double digits, uh, a sign that people are not running to their homes as ATMs. That's one of the big concerns. We saw a little bit of an uptick in cash outs. Once again, not last month, that also dropped, dropped this month as well or I should say from this report for the month of May, but we did see a little bit of an uptick there at the beginning of the year and people were worried, "Uh uh-oh, here's 2008 all over again. But no, people are making these decisions to cash out based on rates. So rates are moving up, they're not going with the cash out. Now, if they needed the money, they wouldn't care where rates were. So to me, it's still a good sign that we're seeing cash outs drop as rates rise. They fell 12% month over month and cash outs are now down 42% year over year. So gotta stress it, 2008, 
This is not, <laughs> okay? And purchases, they were down just a little bit, 2.3%, uh, I should say month to month, but they're actually up, barely, but it's up. It's positive. Purchase rate locks are up 0.2% year over year. I will give a golf clap for that one. That's impressive. I mean, where you look at where rates are and we're still seeing purchases up 0.2%. Now, I have a feeling I'm not sure that's going to hold. There was an argument. We talked about this at the beginning of the year. There were projections being put forward that purchase originations were actually going to increase year over year, but they're barely hanging on to that increase. And I have to think June might push that into the red. In case you're interested, purchase rate locks are now 82% of total market originations. I mean, just quite the reversal from what we saw happening in the beginning of the pandemic when it was like 70% were refis. Uh, Credit scores, this is always an important indicator because if you start seeing credit standards drop, once again, you get those comparisons to 2008. So what is happening with credit scores? Well, they fell slightly, but I wouldn't say anything too alarming. So average purchases or the average purchase score fell two points to 732, which is actually only down one point from a year ago. And rate term average scores were only down one point to 731, which puts them down three points year over year. Really the only, I would say, headline from this uh, that caught some people's eyes, and that was cash outs. They actually saw a seven point drop from April and are now down 33 points from May 2021, so year over year, and they're the only ones that dropped under 700 at 698. So that's the first time we've seen it drop below 700. So that raised some eyebrows, but remember what we're seeing with these cash outs is we are seeing a big drop, not only month over month, but year over year. So people are sensitive to rates, which is not what we saw in 2008. People were rushing to do cash outs as rates were rising because they needed that money to keep everything going, to keep their lifestyle going. That is not what we are seeing now. Scott Hat, president of Optimal Blue, said that rising rates have really changed the dynamics of the mortgage business, at least the recent mortgage business, <laughs> saying, quote, the month's data shows a market struggling under the weight of significantly higher rates than Americans have enjoyed for the better part of the last three years. While there is volume pressure across the board due to rising rates, purchase volumes are holding up the best and are now driving 82% of the origination activity. Lenders are now more reliant on the purchase market for origination volumes than they have been in 20 years. Quite the change, without a doubt. Uh, And it should be noted that they had the 30-year fix falling seven basis points, which is the first time we've seen that in 10 months. The last time it fell was July 2021. So this is the first time that we saw a monthly decline. At, I think it was 5.35%. Now this is still much higher than a year ago. Uh, 219 basis points higher. But in the April report, 
it was 225 basis points. So we're starting to see rates slow in May, according to this report. So the rates are still rising, but they're not rising as fast of a pace. And the fact that we actually saw a decline for the first time in 10 months was interesting. Now, of course, this is from May. <laughs> and everyone in the industry saw what happened yesterday with regards to uh, rates. And we're going to get into that in just a second. Uh, but because it was Monday, we did get the latest data from Altos Research, their weekly data that shows what we all know is happening. They were the first ones to show any sign of this. And they continue to provide data to back it up that the housing market, at least nationally, is starting to slow down. One of the biggest indicators of that, inventory levels, available inventory, according to Altos, was up again, up 5.6% for the week. There are now 396,000 homes available, which is great because what was the low? I can't remember what the low was, but I think we were somewhere in the under 200,000. And so we're slowly getting back. You'd like to see, I guess, about a million, I think is somewhat normalized. It's hard to know what a normal housing market is anymore with the crazy years that we've had in housing. But I think that's what you'd like to see that number get to. And that number is slowly rising. Home prices are settled at their summer plateau, still at a record high of around 450000 for the median price of a single family home, which puts that price up 12% year over year. However, Mike Simonson over at Altos says that buyers should not count on equity gains over the next year. Simon says tweets, we can clearly see the shift in the market price reductions. As of this week, 25% of the homes on the market have taken a price cut. One in four, that's pretty big. By July, we'll be at a normal level of price reductions and normal is going to feel really slow <laughs> to a lot of surprised sellers. Simonson also noted on Twitter, we can glimpse investor and speculator activity by measuring price increases. Homes on the market at a higher price than recently and price increases are dropping fast. Now fewer increases than any time since early pandemic 2020. So we get the latest data from Altos and they are saying, look, more inventory. We're seeing price cuts. The housing market is starting to slow and get us back to a more normalized situation. And so yesterday was a big, was a crazy day for rates. Um, I think, let me, let me pull up that data real quick here. I don't, I don't have it printed out, but I saw, I think it was on Mortgage News Daily. They have the pricing for the mortgage-backed securities, and it fell 130 basis points. <laughs> and so that shot rates up, and in fact, Mortgage News Daily had their rates. That's like, I don't know what metrics they use, but you know they, they show you know what's happening with rates every day, and that's their data. And they said that rates were at 6 0.18% at the close of business yesterday. Just talking to people in the business yesterday, it was just something people hadn't seen in a long time, if ever. Just crazy moves. Why? That inflation report 
that came out on Friday, which is why Nick Tiramos over at the Wall Street Journal is reporting it's possible. This week, the Fed is meeting and they're going to discuss interest rates. And 50 basis points was already cooked in. We knew it was going to be happening. The Fed made it very clear. But that report on Friday was so bad that Tameros says that the markets are now predicting a 75 basis point increase. That is something that we have not seen since 1994. And what's crazy, I was reading this piece by Tamirios. I think I say his name different every single time, just in case you're keeping score. <laughs> Tamirios, Tamirios, however you pronounce it. It's a good report. It's very good. And I feel bad that I'm mispronouncing his name. I probably should learn how to, how to say his name. But it's the first time this has happened since 1994. And I love this sentence. When the central bank was rapidly raising rates to preempt a potential rise in inflation. <laughs> Remember when the Fed used to do that? They'd be like, oh no, inflation might be bad. We better do something preemptively. <laughs> we don't do that so much anymore. Um, so after that report came out, I think it was pretty quickly, Barclays announced that they were already going to be pricing in a 75 basis point hike. Barclays economist wrote in a subsequent report that came out yesterday saying, quote, we believe that risk management considerations call for aggressive action to reinforce the Fed's inflation fighting credibility. While such a move would go against communications leading into the blackout period, risks of prolonged inflation have intensified, which they believe would justify the larger rate. But I mean, that report was looked at so bad. I mean, everyone was just like, shocked by it that you had a bad day on Friday and a horrible day on Monday. I mean, just across the board. I mean, usually when the markets tank bonds do well, <laughs> that was not the case. That was not the case. Bond prices were falling along with the stock market. It was just, it was a bad report. No doubt about that. And so because of these higher rates, and because of all of this movement and what the Fed is going to have to do with a lot of people saying the Fed, their dream of a soft landing where we can slow the economy without causing a recession seems impossible now, that that's going to impact every part of the economy, but housing. And there was a report by Lance Lambert over at Fortune yesterday morning, and Lambert was talking with Mark Zandi over at Moody's Analytics. He's their chief economist. And this is probably one of the first reports where I've seen people say, you know what? We could start to see a pullback in home prices. Now, Zandi's not saying that this is anything close to what we saw in 2008. In fact, I mean, he makes it, stresses that point uh, and says that the housing market isn't even a bubble. But he does believe that home prices may be overvalued, especially in certain markets. So Zandi told Lambert that he is not predicting that national home prices will decline. What he is saying is that significantly over, overvalued housing markets, places like Boise, Idaho and Charlotte, North Carolina could see anywhere from a five to a 10% decline in home prices over the next 12 months. Now, if we do get that recession, which most people are saying is definitely going to happen, if not, we're already there. 
Moody's Analytics says we got a one in two chance of it happening over the next 24 months. Zandi says national home prices could fall around 5% and those overvalued housing markets could see anywhere from 15 to 20% drops. And that sounds horrific, right? Because you think 20% declines and that's 2008 all over again. But when he's talking about the overvalued housing markets, I mean, let's face it, we've talked about Phoenix here on the program before and the insanity that is Phoenix, Arizona, where for three years they have been seeing double digit home price growth. And so true, if you buy a house in one of these overvalued markets at the peak and then you see a five, 10% decline, that sucks. And that's why you're going to see a slowdown, especially if home prices start to pull back a little bit. People go, whoa, I'm not going to buy a house right now. And so that's that's going to be a big disruption for the housing market. But the reality is, once again, it's important to remember what caused 2008. It was people who owed more than the home was worth. And even if you buy at the high of the market and prices drop 5%, Assuming, let's say you put down 5%. Let's say you you only put down 5%. Home prices fall 5%. So you're not underwater in the house, (laughs) but you're not making money either. And so that's if you bought at at the top, at the tippy top, and prices fall 5%. Everybody else who bought every other month before you, even if prices fall, are going to be positive. They're going to have skin in the game. They're going to have equity in the home. Anyone that bought in any time period before, I guess they're predicting that we could be at the peak right now. So anyone that bought before right now (laughs) is going to be okay. And they're unlikely to walk away from their home. If you got, you know, anywhere from 20 to 50% equity, you're not walking away from your home. And that's what caused 2008. So even if we saw a 5% price correction. Everyone has so much equity. We talked about this the end of last week. There's been what, 7 trillion in equity created. Everyone's sitting on so much, they're not walking away from their home. Sure. You could see, like I said, people that bought the top only put 5% down. Let's say they're on an O let's say they're in Charlotte. Let's say everything that Zandy is saying is correct. It's, it's hundred percent going to happen. So you buy a house in Charlotte, 5%, market dips 20%, you're down 15% underwater, you leave your house. Okay, fine. That could happen. But he's talking about certain markets that have seen just tremendous growth. And to be honest, a lot of these markets could probably see a 50% correction and people would be sitting on a ton of equity. But so he's saying 20% at worst in the overvalued housing markets, 5% overall. And by the way, this is all with the recession. And so there's a lot of factors here, but it's important to remember that there's so much equity out there that even if we do see a pullback in prices, and by the way, they're saying a a, a year over year, 5% decline. If you bought a house at the beginning of this year, you're still going to be up like 10% (laughs) because home prices are going up, what, 2%, 3% a month? It's like a 24% annualized rate, and we're halfway through the year. Even if, so let's say, as of right now, you bought in January, so you're up, your home is growing at a 20% annualized rate. It then ends the year shrinking at a 10% rate. 
you probably are still up 10%. <laughs> that's how nuts this housing market has been. And that's how much equity has been created in these homes. So do not worry, even if prices pull back 5%, which is not, it just sounds so crazy to even say that. Like home prices only go up because that's what's been ingrained in our brain for the last couple of, well, actually the last, what, 14, 14 years. No, no, not, not that long. Housing market really, I think, turned around 2010. So 12 years, we have seen 12 years of straight month-over-month gains in housing. So yeah, when it when it doesn't happen, it's gonna freak some people out. But do not be freaked out. It's actually better in the long run, okay? Keep that in mind. All right, we gotta go. You guys enjoy your Tuesday. We'll see you back here Wednesday morning for another editions of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.